Hello, I'm Mark Sullivan. I'm Delilah Lugo. And I'm Jason Kwasnicki. And we're here to reap the spoils. We got our monster energy drink. We got our timefall porter. I've got ginger ale. And no, I am not under the influence of anything. There's no fucking... <laughs> <laughs> There's no fucking ginger ale in that game. Uh, wait, which game are we talking about, though, Jason? Death Stranding uh-huh. by Kojima-san. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, indeedy. But before you continue listening... Uh, Reap the Spoils is a spoiler cast podcast. Uh, what we do is we play the game that we just said. We, 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 we played that game already. And uh, we talk about it uh, front to bottom, top to back. And, and you really all should, up in it. Yeah, you really should watch it. that back, too. Because not only does Kojima put his name in like seven times in the beginning of the credits. Yes, he does. If you actually sit... You actually sit through all the credits. Like there will just be random jobs thrown in that say could Hideo Kojima, um, Norman Reedus's personal beer trimmer, Hideo exactly, Kojima. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, before before you listen to the rest of the show, uh, go play the game. Uh, we don't want to be your first uh, your your first exposure to the things that happen in the game. Uh, we don't want to spoil anything for you. We want to spoil everything that you already know because the point of the podcast is to talk about things you already know. Um, <laughs> really just to have a discussion with uh amongst ourselves and hopefully you scream at your your speakers uh at things you don't agree with or say yeah that was really that was a really interesting thing you just said and we and won't, before we and get we into won't anything, hear that before we get into anything i should preface i am an asshole yep yes so that being said, yeah, play Death Stranding, then come listen. You can pause right here and go go play the game. It'll take you like 50 hours. It's worth it. Um, yep. Before, but before <laughs> we jump into our thoughts on the game, let's go over a very brief, by comparison, history of this game. I tried to truncate this. Uh, there's kind of a lot that went into the story of this game and how it came to be, uh, as most of us know. Uh, you, if you follow games, get in your and you're involved in games media, at least like from a reader's perspective, and you've been that way since like 2014, it'd be surprising if you didn't know anything about this. But we're gonna go over it real quick. So, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right. So there's a little, uh, little uh, playable teaser that came out at Gamescom 2014 called PT. Any uh, anyone ever play that? Ever heard? No, that no. game I can't play. Uh yeah, that game you can't play unless you already I, have it downloaded. I never played it because I'm a loser. Yeah, that's a shame because it was really good. And when that came out, no one really knew what it was. It's by a Mysterious Studio, seven seven eighties games or seven eight seven eighty studio. Uh, well, some people cracked it that day, beat the teaser, and it turned out to be. A teaser, really, it just revealed a trailer for Silent Hills, which was a new Silent Hill game uh, <gasps> being directed by Hideo Kojima in collaboration with Guillermo del Toro of The Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth fame. I think he also did that horror movie Mama. Mm. I think that was what it was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also like, did the one about the fish man, right? Yeah, The Shape of Water. Uh and okay. uh, yeah, uh, basically just very, very bizarre, unique uh, film director. Uh, and the game was going to star Norman Reedus of Walking Dead fame. But alas, things were already tumultuous between Konami and Kojima at the time. 
Uh, they wound up breaking up in late 2015 following the release of Metal Gear Solid Five, and Silent Hills was ultimately canceled. Mm. Del Toro. I bet, you there, I bet you there's a pachinko of it, though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think there was a new Silent Hill Pachinko machine released uh, recently. <laughs> yeah, Kojima did recently say he's going to work on the most scary horror game ever. Yeah, and that's and I'm going to put a pin in that until the very end of the show. Oh, right. So, um, yeah, this made Del Toro very sad. He was actually collaborating on a video game in the past that got canceled. He almost swore off video games entirely. Um, <gasps> but, yeah, mid-December time... Uh, it was officially announced that Kojima was no longer with Konami. And the day, literally the day after uh, it was announced that Kojima Productions was formed, reformed as an independent studio, a whole new Kojima Productions uh, completely separated from Konami. Uh, That formed literally a a day after in December, 2015, uh, just three months after Metal Gear Solid five came out. Uh, and I think a week after there was that video with Andrew House and Kojima shaking hands, announcing a partnership that Kojima would be developing a game. Ex- uh, I think at the time they said exclusively for PlayStation Four, uh, which is another thing we can get to that exclusivity bit. Those damn liars! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then Mark Cerny and Kojima went engine shopping in twenty in, in twenty sixteen January, top of the year. Uh, they started visiting a bunch of studios. It was all over Twitter. Kojima, like stepping into uh, all sorts of Sony first-party studios, and finally landed on an engine from Gorilla, the Decima engine that Horizon Zero Dawn is running on. So that's the game, or that's the engine that this game is developed in. And they showed a lot of love to Horizon Zero Dawn and Death Stranding. They sure did. I actually, yeah, until you mentioned that, I completely forgot. There were some collectibles in Horizon, uh, probably a few other things that, that referenced Death Well, Stranding. if you uh, fully oh. upgrade some of the structures that you build, you can attach a, a hologram of either Aloy, who's the main character in Horizon Zero Dawn, um, the little walker thingy, um, and uh, the big long neck. Uh, that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um... Wait, that's what that was. I was <laughs> genuinely confused as to what the fuck these hologram like they were giant dinosaurs. Man, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, so there's so both games show love to one another, and in Horizon there were some Death Stranding collectibles, or at least Kojima Productions collectibles, and um, in in Death Stranding you you can make some holographic um, Horizon Zero Dawn things. Uh, the tall neck is the one actually that I saw, uh, and I didn't. I didn't really build enough structures that projected holograms to really to really uh, explore that feature. But yes, they they both showed a lot of love and care towards each other. Um, fast forwarding to E3 2016, the game was officially announced with Kojima walking down an illuminated walkway. <laughs> everyone goes quiet. He says, "Hello, everyone. I'm <laughs> back." With much yeah. applause. Uh, and the first trailer for the game was debuted, and it was weird, mm-hmm. and no one really knew what to make of it. It, uh, of course, Norman Reedus is back and was naked and had a baby <sighs> and a low roar song. 
So and all of that is explained in the game. Yes, for the most part. Yes, <laughs> honestly, everything does actually tie up pretty nicely. But we'll get there. Um, the game entered full development in 2017 uh, with another gameplay reveal. An actual gameplay reveal coming E3 2018. There were uh, one or two trailers debuted before that. Um, one, the, the most prominent of which, uh, debuted Guillermo del Toro's presence in the game, not as like a collaborator or a co-director, but as an actual uh, mo-capped character in the game. He doesn't voice himself, but he does. Mo- he did lend his likeness and motion capture to the game uh, as the character Dead Man. Yeah, I don't think he speaks English, does he? I think he just speaks I, I Spanish. I think he does speak some English. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. Um, but yeah, gameplay was revealed at E3 2018. Again, really weird. It was just Norman Reedus walking around some big open landscapes and putting up ladders and climbing down ropes and had some had some cargo. But we didn't really know anything about the gameplay. Didn't really know anything about the mechanics. We just knew it would be a big open world, lots to explore. Um, and traversal elements it, it lots of big boxes still we didn't really even know anything about like the the delivery uh aspect of it the the the, the cargo aspect uh, we knew we got gameplay and we still knew very little about that game mm-hmm. uh but kojima was you know visiting lots of developers showing off the game and on twitter every single time they would tout like this is next level this is this is the most amazing thing we've ever seen um this is like this is next gen quote unquote um and then he did a world tour pretty recently uh, as of the last few months uh, before the game came out uh showing off the game at conventions all around the world i i saw on twitter he he was in russia he was in other places in europe uh japan showing off this game um uh, and yeah then the game came out on november 8th 2019 and here we are recording a spoiler cast for it a month later. Yeah. So that's the end of the history. I tried to keep it brief. There is a lot that went into the story of that game because it's, it's just a very loaded subject. But it all led to this. So that being said, what do we think, guys? <laughs> game of the so, year 2019? It's. It, I wouldn't be mad if it was. Uh, it's not my personal, but it's definitely top five, maybe top three for me. Okay. And definitely the most unique experience I've ever had in a AAA game it's definitely, in a very long time. Definitely the most, I feel, the most unique Kojima experience. And we also did, uh, we, we have recorded on a Kojima game before. I think it was episode five. We did Metal Gear Solid 2. If you played that game, you want to listen to that episode, go back and listen to that episode. Uh, we were very very positive about that game all around we had very little bad to say about that game i don't know that that'll be the case here i feel like we all collectively were a lot more critical of this one which will make for an interesting uh conversation dichotomy yeah i'm able to wrap my head around death stranding a lot more than any any metal gear game and maybe that's (laughs) because i'm an i'm an adult or because it's all in one game right now um, whereas Metal Gear is across games and I was much younger when I played those, blah, 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 blah. But it, it makes sense if you really pay attention. Something I will say is I feel that at the time of Metal Gear Solid 2, Kojima was at his most intelligent when it comes to game design, plot planning. Um, maybe not plot planning, but he was at his most intelligent, definitely with game design. And 
other facilitating certain things happening and and certain key elements like certain themes being presented in an organic and creative way uh this is him now 2019 with death training this is him at his most altruistic level let me let me jump in there because you said uh sons of liberty back in back in the old metal gear solid days it was him like kind of at his but i i don't know the i i within the past few seconds i forgot the terminology you use that kind of at his peak as, as, like in at, terms at of game design intelligent with game design and and supplying the themes that he had yeah to present I, in I, like a un, in like a unique creative way i would i was i would slightly modify that disagree in that i don't I've been ruminating on this game since I finished it. I've actually, no, I've put a lot of thought into it. I don't think the problem necessarily is his skills as a designer. I think one thing we forget is that Metal Gear, both in its game design and in its story storytelling, was relatively simplistic. As convoluted as the lore got, towards the end specifically in four he was still essentially telling like an action thriller with you know action gameplay slash stealth mechanics um so the equivalent i would use jumping from metal gear to death stranding in terms of like movies would be say directing a movie like die hard or james bond and then trying to jump to like fucking a Christopher Nolan movie or, <laughs> or like, uh, I don't know, like the shining or something. you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. People were like, saying like interstellar stuff like that. Yeah. Like interstellar, something that is like trying to be high art. I think, yeah. I, and I, I, I don't I, think, I don't think Kojima has the experience. I think he, he should have maybe let this idea ruminate for a while, like build on it. And done something a bit more simpler and and established first, and maybe keep this in the oven longer, maybe for next gen. I won't. I won't completely disagree. I. Uh, I, I. I agree with most of what you said. He. <laughs> he. Um. He, with Metal Gear, it, Metal Gear was always campy. It was always. It was always campy yes. and goofy with these weird characters showing up spouting out their weird name and then describing their backstory to you and then saying let's fight and that's always been like a metal gear thing and we always took it for granted because it was always that way and this is like kojima for the first time in since what uh the the mid the 90s whenever metal uh whenever the original metal gear came out that might have been 91 92 um this is his first time doing not not his first time necessarily so yeah, probably his first time the yeah there's yeah, also like Boktai and there's other so maybe like since the early 2000s this is the first time he's working on something that's not metal gear it's a long time and going from that campy franchise that everyone knows everyone loves and everyone understands what to expect when a new one comes out this was weird and quite frankly i take metal gear more seriously then I did this story a lot. <laughs> it's, I, I I can't I can't necessarily disagree with you and uh, on that either. Um, but yeah, let's 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 dig a little deeper. Let's. And, and I, by the way, I just want to give like an overview because Delilah just you know it would potentially be in our top five games of the year. I wouldn't put it in my games of the year. 
I would say my initial reaction has been vastly tempered the more I think about it and having actually finished the game. I kind of feel about this game the same way I felt about Breath of the Wild or Red Dead 2. Um, it's definitely not worth a lot of the praise, critical praise it's been got. Uh, when you actually is, when you actually put a lot of critical analysis on it. That being said, it's not an awful game. Like it's still an above average game. I don't even know that I I don't necessarily agree with that because I really genuinely loved this game. And but I I like if we look at the critical reception of of this game as a whole, it's not all positive. This is like a pretty polarizing game. And and just because I, I, I definitely re- think there's there's a Kojima bump going on as they say. Just for for a lot of critics. That's also that's very that's very possible. It's very plausible. Um, but if you even just ignore review scores, like I've listened to other podcasts talk about this game, not not a lot of critics, like at certain outlets and stuff, are completely high on this game. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I, it's definitely I, it's definitely one of those games where your mileage may vary. If you if especially with how blind we all kind of went in, because no, we we only kind of found out what the gameplay loop is in this game maybe three months ago maybe even two months ago we found out what the what the real meat and potatoes was which is picking up cargo walking a lot and delivering it and there's a lot more to it than that a lot of people are calling it walking simulator and i find that incredibly reductive pretty insulting to to what the game is trying to accomplish uh it's it's because it's not it's, Everyone it's that not. says that it, has not played the game. Exactly. Let's just be real. The, the reception of that game when, when it comes to calling it a walking simulator is flat out wrong, and none of those people have played the game. So let's let's not talk about the reception much more. Let's we're almost 20 minutes in. Uh let's let's really <laughs> dig into the game. The, the, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. This is gonna be a long one, guys. Um I started off I wanted to start off with maybe some character characters character interactions anyone that stood out to you there's a lot to talk about (laughs) Um, i had you know let's make this easier let's make this easier let's just dig into the ending that's what everyone really wants to hear about that's what everyone really wants to talk about and i think that'll be a good jumping off point into character specifically i have let me just give a brief summary um I had, with the exception, possibly, of fragile, or fragile, I don't, sometimes, fragile, yeah, she's French, or she's French or Belgian, I can't remember. Her name and the word itself are different uh, pronunciations. With the exception of fragile, um, who, even her story gets somewhat ruined by the deficiencies of other character stories. Um, but with that exception, and maybe what we learn about Die Hard Man towards the end, which really, I didn't even care about him. I cared about how he tied into um, Cliff. Yeah, Fragile and Cliff really are the only characters I felt really had something. I don't know, man. I was all about Hart- Hartman. Hartman, <laughs> so the bit the bit where you're at Hartman's house and he's giving you thumbs up in the middle of this long ass cutscene and they're contributing to your likes is hilarious. Yeah, and that happens the, the like five times. Can be funny. There's like that part where you 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 fuck with his record player and he gets pissed at you. 
Uh, and you, <laughs> you lose, get you minus do- 20 likes. Yeah, you, he docks you 20 likes. And then he gives you 20 likes like 30 seconds later. <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks. When you leave the room. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the fourth wall breaking was pretty cool. Even when you're in the private room with Norman Reedus and he's like telling you like, I got to pee or like, I need to take a shower. Um, it felt like you were actually in the room with him, but that's part of like how well done the facial animation was. See, I never but even, even... Go ahead, sorry. No, I was gonna say even Hartman like breaks the fourth wall when because he has um, cardiac arrest where he basically goes into heart failure every five minutes and at, and there's like, a timer on the corner of the screen. Was it like twenty one minutes and then he reanimates three minutes later? Yeah. 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 And then when when the counter goes on the screen for like the third time, he just like pushes it over and is like fuck that and like continues like talking about yeah. his <laughs> revelations of the Death Stranding. And, you know, his backstory is really, I found it really tragic. I found it really sad. And it made me, it made me feel, it made me feel sympathy towards him. Uh, but, yeah, that, that the bits where he's just, like, staring directly at the camera, giving you thumbs up and giving you 20 likes, that's what made me, like, love that man. I guess, I guess my problem with, let's see, Die Hard Man, um, Heart Man, Death, wait, Dead Man. Dead Man. And, and Mama. <laughs> My problem, my problem with those four characters, and Amelie slash spoiler alert slash Bridget. Um, Again, if well, you're listening to this, you you should know we're spoiling yes. everything. Amelie and Bridget are the same person, which I predicted literally from the first time we yeah, saw. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. We saw what, Amelie. Um, those characters, they do have some story backstories that had potential that I wish were fleshed out more, but. For the majority of the game, they kind of just served as expedition dumps, um, which you know, it, to be fair, is I mean, not something could, that Kojima hasn't done before in Metal Gear. Um, well, I think. I, I, can problem. we all agree? Can we all agree that Cliff was the best character in this game. I liked him a lot. He was up there for me. I yeah, I I I might actually agree with that. Sure. He's he's basically like the core you know, of this. I've he's actually, the... I when we were playing through the game and you and we were you know talking through it as we were playing it, you you gave Higgs Higgs some shit, but I really liked Higgs. I felt Higgs but, was a good villain, flawed but good. Who is he? Where did he come from? Like, there's there's supposed to be this. This is why I said um, that fragile story kind of gets ruined a little bit by other characters. Like I don't know why they were working together. Who? What's his background? He like so, he was a porter. That, he was a porter that wanted to basically like do the same thing, or or at least like help people, and recognized Fragile's powers and wanted to use them to his benefit. And then he realized. And then Amelie was like, "Hey, look at these powers I have. You want to work for me?" And he's like, "Cool." And then she turned him into a psycho. Yeah, so Why? what's his motivation? Like, here's the motivation because the, the thing about this game is a lot of the information is in the data, which is yeah, like that. it's yeah, I very did, I, all right. I didn't read any of that, so yeah, so I'll provide I, the background. God damn it, Jason, because it's it's so good. Like, this yeah, is one of the should, few you games you shouldn't have to. That's my point. So, I, I will agree with that. That's actually something that I didn't put in the show notes, and that's something that I do want to bring up. Um, before you, before you, I'll, I'll let you talk about it the lila in a minute I, I but jason does bring up a really good point final fantasy 13 did this as well and yes. it's one of the biggest issues 
I have with that game. And I love that game. Final, I think that game Final is Final Fantasy a, 13 actually has an extremely interesting lore. But it's, it's just a horribly all, told story. It's all hidden in these data logs that you have yeah. to read. And the game will start spouting all this terminology at you. And you don't know what it is unless you go in there and read. And a lot of people just want to play the game. I, I And I, I, I can understand like and, and appreciate you know, adding extra lore and things to read to get the most out of a story, but not when that terminology is said basically every five minutes. That needs to be explained somewhere, and as organically as you can possibly make it, that needs to be explained outwardly to the player because chances are they're never going to go into the menu and read that stuff. I agree, because especially Higgs' backstory, I felt like that would have been a really interesting thing to see play out like in a cinematic as opposed to having to read a data pad because his backstory is very interesting, and I'll get into it in a minute. But there's other data pads or interviews, rather, that I feel like were okay like when they're really going into the details of the different perspectives of what the Death Stranding is and how it relates to like the last five extinctions. extinctions. Um, so there's certain like wordy things that I'm okay with being in an interview, but in terms of like these real juicy stories like Higgs, uh, they would have definitely benefited from a cinematic. So yeah. Higgs basically, his parents died when he was a kid. His father, uh, his, his, his new father was basically his biological uncle adopted him and would basically shelter him and abuse the shit out of him whenever he would try to go outside or ask questions about the outside world. Because as we know, the outside world is dangerous. It's full of time fall, which ages every, everything and everyone really fast and deteriorates them and can kill them. And if people die, it creates a void out, which is just basically the whole earth imploding and uh, creates a big whole crater in, in the earth. Um, and so... It, the uncle slash father just abused the fuck out of him and kept him shelter sheltered and eventually revealed to him like how food was brought inward, even though they're not ever going outside, which is from the porters, which is what the main character is, uh, Sam Porter. Um, and, and, and eventually Higgs was like, fuck this. Like he started hoarding food. And when his father slash uncle found out that he was hoarding food, he like literally grabbed him and pushed him against the table and choked him around the neck. And Higgs grabbed a knife and stabbed him and killed him. And that's when he experienced his first BT and his first void out. Oh. And because of that, he his main goal and his obsession with like being a porter and um, connecting all the beaches is because he wanted the souls of everyone to have freedom. Whereas what the us doing in the game, our main character Sam is trying to do is connect the chiral network and bring America back to the way it was. But Higgs wanted everyone to be free and do whatever the fuck they wanted because he was so sheltered. See, wouldn't it have been nice if at one point Sam gets captured by Higgs and Higgs gives a nice succinct soliloquy explaining that? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> no one's going to disagree that... This 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 information should have been uh, provided to the player in a much more organic way than going into your interviews and reading this very 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 dense and wordy amount of information. There's just yeah. there's just so much. There's, yeah. there's so much. It, not even that, but even like your mail. You get mail from from other from other preppers and other like facility people. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's another thing about Higgs' backstory is he really fucking loves pizza. 
yeah, like <laughs> no, yeah, we're gonna talk about Higgs right fucking now. I told you guys, I told you guys, check your damn mail after that chapter. I did, I did. And J- Jason's like, what? What's mail? How do I do that? I didn't check it. <laughs> fucking <sighs> Peter Engler, pizza boy is Higgs. That was a huge thing. That was so crazy to me. And yeah, I, I like, I was checking my mail much more than I was checking my interviews because the mail actually gives you likes. And, and missions and missions and, and and clues about things to do and places to go and stuff so i was actually actively checking that and looking for keywords i um, did it the one time diehard men told me to you explicitly have to for yeah. a uh, mission yeah but like yeah you after higgs dies it's revealed that peter angler pizza boy was higgs all along that's and you could awesome. totally miss that you could totally miss that if you don't read the mail yeah that's so cool that's such a cool reveal and like i do i actually really like how that reveal went down it's just like in a mail that you can totally miss but if you're checking your mail and diligent about it that's like a really really like whoa kind of kind of thing i wouldn't want them to just like throw that in your face because if you're diligent about what the about what you're doing in the game and doing the missions that you're given and stuff, that's like it, it's just a really cool organic reveal to come across. That's no, I I agree. That's that's different though than central. I, no, I know that, that that's yeah. like that's like a good thing in an otherwise really crappy mechanic. I I everything was just too all the backstory for a lot of the for even a lot of the characters and the terminology, the concepts and and everything. It's all it's all so wordy. And also, yeah. it's like crazy how filled up your tutorials menu gets. Every little thing, every yeah. little thing it has a tu- has its own tutorial. Like even putting on your shoes has a tutorial. <laughs> it's fucking crazy how many tutorials are in that are in that menu. But let's let, 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 let's move on. What I before I've, we move on from Higgs, what did you think of his fight? Because it was the most Metal Gear fight. It, Higgs is yeah. a boss fight Higgs essentially. Was probably actually the best boss fight in the game. I I played it on hard mode, and his fight pissed me off because if you died, which you die very easily on hard mode, you have to it's start. like. You had to again. restart all over again, yeah. so I bumped it down just for this, and it felt better, like, throwing, like, cargo at him and, like, stealthing around and grabbing him with the strand and then kicking the shit out of him. But yeah. before that, I really hated that fight, and then the silly little, like, Mortal Kombat Street Fighter, like, punching sequence that they had yeah. after you beat him, I thought was super cheesy, and I don't know if I like it. Mecha- mechanically, I agree that uh, that was the best, at least leading up to... The like one on one fight in the in the muck, like having to use the just strewn about cargo to disable him in time to go up and melee him. I thought that was actually a really good idea, a really good mechanic, and I give applause for that. Yeah, it's the only fight that they stripped you of all of your gear. Yeah, and yeah. left you with like empty PlayStation really, cargo. Not like yeah, yeah, pretty much. And uh, I, I personally really liked the fighting game fight bit. I, I, it's a lot, it's a lot deeper than it is on the surface level because it's not just like you know punch, punch, punch. There's like other, there's other things you can do. I you think have to you block can, like, and yeah. you, you can block. You can shift to other sides. You can punch low. You can punch high. Uh, the game doesn't really tell you that. It just they, they, they kind of just expect you to figure it out all on your own. Uh, which I, I, to an extent, I think is pretty clever. Uh, I, I, I don't want this massive tutorial bit for this very, very brief fight. I think that yeah. would be kind of wasted time. 
Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that was a really, really fucking rad boss fight. That was the best boss fight in the game. That that being said, I still enjoyed the cliff fights better. Me too. Because not because they you, weren't. You're a history buff. They were all in, well, in famous wars, not... so that that doesn't surprise me. It's 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 not even just that I'm a history buff and I like the aesthetic of it. I mean, mechanically, they are easy and they're not nearly as well designed as the cliff fight. But I just like the emotional impact of them, just because again, because I... Cliff, Cliff was just the best character in the in the game. My and problem... I, I felt I felt more engaged in those fights, even though they were simpler. My problem with those fights is that they were all the same. Yeah, three times. The, the only one it was cool at first in the trenches, and then later in the like forest area. But I don't know, Vietnam. we didn't need to fight them three three fucking times. Yeah, Vietnam. I, I it would have been cooler if there's something besides the terrain was different. You know, first you're in the trenches of World War One, then you're in a city in 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 World War Two, and then you're in the, the jungle of Vietnam. That like those are all very different landscapes, all very different territories, and they all like have said, very different uh very different ways of going about the fight. But it's ultimately the same fight. Probably the best one, in my opinion, was the trenches for World War Two because it, it was. I mean, sorry, World War One, because it was almost like a labyrinth, and yes. your your um your tracker would point in a specific direction, but you it wasn't just like a straight point unless yes. you found like a slope yes. leaving you above the trenches. So you kind of had to work your way through the maze and look around every corner. And that was probably the most unique, most interesting, and most fun one. And that was the first one. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping that with like, I was hoping they would actually make some Metal Gear callbacks. So like the World War Two one would culminate in like a tank fight where you had to fight a tank <laughs> or like the Vietnam one, you would have to fight a, an attack helicopter. Which obviously was done in metal. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. I, yeah. Like, I get, I get it. That yeah. could have been, that could have been neat, but. But it know. was used to represent, you know, this the beaches as a collective purgatory for the soldiers that fought in these wars. Right, right. Which is pretty cool, I guess. Of times for Cliff to say, "Give me back my BB." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His whole purpose was to search for his BB. And you're thinking it's the one that Sam's holding. You are the BB all along. <laughs> you're the BB. Before uh, yeah. before we get there, I want to double back to Die Hard, man, because I really want to talk about Die Hard, man. I, I Real quick, I want to go back to like Game of the Year stuff and the, the, specifically the Game Awards with Death Stranding. Death Stranding is nominated for quite a, quite a few uh, awards this year. For Best Performance... Norman Reedus should not be on that list. No, no. he should not because Norman Reedus is the worst performance and in this game. Tommy Earl, He's not a- Tommy Earl Jenkins should be on that list spe- solely for everything he says, a Die Hard Man says at the end of that game. The whole speech that he gives when breaking down to Sam, it's that was so, so powerful and he did a fucking phenomenal job i do i i do i do like the twist of die hard man yo by the way i still don't believe that any of it tops mads Mikkelsen in this game by the way one of the one of the things again that you find out through notes through interviews is die hard man's real name did you guys see what it is no i must have missed that it was john something right john blake mclean oh (laughs) 
as soon as I read that, I started laughing, and I said, I said to, I, I said, my roommate was sitting right there, oh and I'm, I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Because the whole time that he was sitting there, and I'm playing through this game, and we find, and he, I explain, I was explaining to him the characters in the game, and I was explaining to him Die Hard, man. He's like, so is it, is it really Bruce Willis? And I'm like, no, probably not. No, it basically almost <laughs> what is. He, what if, what if his design? Oh, wait a minute, no, it's mocap. So never mind. I was gonna say, what if they designed the character no, like Bruce Willis and then just very, made him black? He very much looks like Tommy Earl Jenkins. I don't know what Tommy Earl Jenkins looks like. He looks but, uh, like Die Hard Man. I just explained it to you. I guess I do know what he looks like. But anyway, I mean, I agree. Basically, <laughs> Sam Porter is freaking Daryl Dixon. There's no difference between the two. But Die Hard Man, especially yeah. in that last sequence, yeah, I was that, really impressed. But I just wish like so he wasn't just this hologram quest giver for the yeah, whole game. Was... Like I wanted to know more about his relationship with Cliff and, and Lisa. And and we we do get a lot of that right at the end. But except for Lisa, because Lisa's just a potato the entire game. But um, I think the biggest problem, the biggest problem with like the character interactions and I guess the pacing with, with that, you, you mentioned, we don't find really anything about, about Die Hard Man until the end. The, the game was... We don't was, find anything about anything until the end. That's not true, <laughs> but the, the game was very clearly, I mean, they weren't called chapters, they were called episodes. Right. And each episode, each episode's name was... A character. Uh, typically, it was a character's name. Actually, I think in all cases, it was a character's name, whether it be first or last or moniker. Yeah. Um, every single... Oh, except for Prologue. No, Prologue was Porter. Um, Prologue yeah. was Lou. No, no, no. They, the epilogue no, was No, the last chapter. Yeah, the last yeah. chapter was Lou. Prologue was uh, was Porter, and then like, oh, chapter no, one sorry, was yeah, like Bridget uh, or maybe Strand or... I don't know. Yeah, it was they're Bridget. All, they're all character names, and each chapter focuses on that character but other subsequent chapters or previous chapters don't focus on that character as much they might show up as a hologram telling you like oh sam you got new boots uh you put those on and you gotta take care of your feet and oh you're in your private room uh you know if you shower you create these grenades that you can throw bts and it's that that's all they'd really do until their chapter where it's like i was pregnant and then i got trapped under rubble and then my baby died and now it's connected to me it's my and baby. I'm its mama. It's like, we, we fucking already talked to you. <laughs> to be fair. This is the only time you're really going to be important. To be fair, this is actually, when you think about it, how um, Metal Gear games were structured as well. They just didn't explicitly say it. So like Metal Gear 2, you would have your prologue snake. Then you would come in as Raiden. Uh, you would have to find the explosive expert. And then you would have this segments is, of the game that focused on specific bosses. Well, that's definitely um, true. Most of those. But the difference, the difference is those games were shorter and better paced. Those games were shorter. Those games were better paced. And also, yeah, besides besides not explicitly saying like chapter two, Fat Man, or something right, exactly. along those lines, those are those aren't allies that were going to stick with you throughout the entire game. Those are antagonists that you have to overcome. So it makes sense that they wouldn't come back or have any reason to come back. You fight right. them, you beat them, you move on. These you are, just don't see certain side characters for like almost the entirety of the game. Mo yeah, most of these most of these characters are allies that help you throughout your quest, but until their chapter comes along, you don't really know anything about them or why they're helping you or what their involvement is or what have you. And then you get to their chapter and it's just them and everyone else takes a backseat. And then you get to the next chapter and it's a new person that, that that's at 
in the front seat and everyone else takes a back seat again, including that person that you just like hung out with for like two hours. It really affect, it really affected the pacing definitely for me. Um, and it was, it was just bizarre in, in, in a way, especially yeah. dead man who, who was really the first, not, I wouldn't say the first fragile was probably the first fragile is in the same camp though. These are the, some of the yeah, first she, characters you see, and they're throughout the game. Throughout the game, they're with you the most in a way. And Dead Man's chapter doesn't come till like halfway through the game. And then, like you find out, he tells you, "I'm not a man. I'm like a Frankenstein. I was made from like a bunch of." Which I'm explains like, the big then, like fucking seam and, on his forehead. And then, like they never talk about it again. I'm like. Dude, you just revealed you're like fucking Frankenstein. Yeah, it's because it was like, are it we was gonna, his are chapter. We gonna talk it was about his this? time to give like a big are, exposition. Are we gonna about... talk about this? Like, he used to be a mortician. <laughs> what the fuck? Like now he is the morgue. <laughs> <laughs> he is the morgue. <laughs> he was just obsessed with death because he didn't really have anyone. Also, since we're on the fucking topic of dead man, can we talk about how fucking goddamn awkward that shower scene was? Oh my god. I kind of loved it, but I was like, why? That was so uncomfortable. The dude was like... in a full-ass suit, and he just gets in the shower, turns on the water, and says, okay, they can't hear us in here. I need to talk to you about Die Which Hardman. Which is bullshit, because the computer talks to Norman Reedus in the shower all the time. Well, like so... <laughs> well no, 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 I think he, like, I think he, like, I don't know, he came up with something, like, okay, I, I delayed the comms. And we're in the shower. Like, no, no one can hear us. No one can penetrate. Yeah. But it's just yeah. like, you're in a full-ass suit, sir. Yeah. Like, you are taking a shower in a full-ass suit. Kojima always tries to intellectualize reasons to place his fetishes inside his games. And, and this was one of those moments. Yeah, man. I don't I don't want to go, like, party with... As, <laughs> as much as I might respect him as a game creator... I would never want to go party with don't Kojima. Don't drunk with him. I don't, yeah, I don't know where I would end up. I don't. I don't know what would happen. I'd probably break some international laws. Like, like, yeah. You can tell, like Sam, and I. I hope by extension Norman Reedus was like super uncomfortable with that scene. especially sam when he's got that he's got that touching phobia he's like you are way too close to me and we are getting wet right now please (laughs) sir which finish up your point and let's get out of here i was actually like i thought it was kind of cool how at first whatever the phobia is where he doesn't like people it was kind of used as a measure of his character growth to whatever extent he had character growth. Well, he did have character growth, but it does come... Yeah, with his very like, comfort was, level towards certain people and things like that. Yeah, yeah, he eventually gets more comfortable with them touching him, especially like when he has the final speech before he goes to confront Amelie. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the game, like nobody can touch him again. <laughs> and it was kind of like no, weird. I thought, had, like, I thought he had fully overcome it by then, but... No, you, you notice, like, I think Fra- both Fragile and Dead Men tried to touch him, and he, like, recoils. Mm. Um. <sighs> God. Amphenphosimphobia, fear of touch. It's, it's just weird. Yes, it's just yeah. weird how <laughs> Sam goes back and forth. Like literally in the chapter before that, Amelie, the climax chapter with Amelie. In the chapter before, he's like, "Oh, I don't give a shit about America." Like the entire game is, "I don't give a shit about America." And then he's giving like this inspirational spe- speech, like, "We got to put aside our differences." 
we might have a future we might not we'll never know well you know what i'm saying like i was like <laughs> it's this yeah. is kind of sudden and sometimes like we did get like we did get some good performances out of norman reedus with his character like i won't say it was all bad a lot of it was just very uneven he's a very and flat actor there would he, be yes. like yeah he is he's very one note but that one note is typically really good but throughout a lot of this game he just didn't really say much and when he did say when he did have something to say, he did say a lot. And like I said, we did get some really good performances out of him, but there were, there would be like really, really long bits of time where we just wouldn't hear a word out of him in yeah. like a really long cutscene. Like, I feel like he didn't talk much during the entire Die Hart or uh, not Die Hartman, Hartman. Um, it's hard to keep track of all the, the Blankmans. Uh, during that entire sequence with Hartman, like he, I feel like he didn't really say all that much. And Hartman yeah. just talks a lot. Yeah, well, he also again, writes that goes, a lot. Yeah, that goes back to what he I was does. saying. These characters serve, for the most part, largely as expedition dumps. They, they are. They absolutely are. And and a, an excuse for him to express his fetishes. Yes, just like just like he did with Quiet in Metal Gear Solid Five. Yes. <laughs> um, I also thought, also thought, Mama and Lachna was weird. She, mom, mom dies understand. and her soul goes back to Lachna and now they're the same person and there's this one bit where like Lachna's talking to Sam and he's like Mama is that you? and it like is her somehow but it's like not it was supposed to be an al- analogy for <laughs> the Virgin Mary um, oh my god I understand what he's trying to do storytelling wise it just doesn't work and doesn't belong in the game and, and last but last but not least um. Oh shoot! Who was the character? Oh yeah. The last but not least, the last thing I want to bring up with a specific character before we get into the ending. We really need to get into the ending because that's a lot to talk about in and of its own. Yeah. His relationship with Amelie was so weird. It I, is. I thought so. The entire game, I was confused. I knew Amelie was Bridget. I knew that. I knew that she was gonna eventually end up being but the like, final bad but guy. But at the same time, but she like, was, oh, I didn't I expect didn't know, that, but. I didn't know. I was confused throughout the entire game, like because they say like the old Bridget is his mother, and then Amelie shows up, and then it's like it, there's this weird implication that there's like a love interest between them. Yeah, and, and like fragile like, gets jealous, and she's like, "You love her, don't you?" And then it shows, <laughs> like, and and then it shows Amelie with him on the beach as a child, and I'm like. What the fuck did she do to Sam as a kid? Like she was, she was grooming him. It's a big issue in twenty nineteen. Exactly, exactly. Like I was like, what the fuck? But She's yeah, a pedophile. it was such a bizarre. Like, like I was constantly questioning from the beginning of the game. I was questioning whether or not, like, because we were led to believe that Bridget was his was his mother, but like his name is Sam Porter Bridges. Her name is Bridget Strand. So like, what 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 is his fucking name? And, and 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 that made me think like, well, is she not really his mother? But then we're led to believe that Amelie's also his sister. But it's like, well, she's like the same age now as she was when he was a kid, and she's they're being really weird towards each other. And like, just a weird a weird point of clarification because he had that photo the entire game. He was married at one point, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, if if okay. not married, definitely had a significant other. I think they were married. Okay. And the plan was to they, she was pregnant, and the plan was to name that baby Lou, which is why he starts naming. Yes, that, that's what which, I. By the way, I do up. I do actually before we move on from characters that that is Lou is technically a character, and I really liked what they did with Lou. I really liked that randomly in the game, 
like towards the center, towards the middle, right before you get to Dead Man's chapter, um, BB stops giving you likes. Lou starts giving you likes, and he starts calling BB Lou, and that just yes. happens. And it doesn't yeah. happen in a cutscene. It doesn't. There's nothing that starts that keys that off it might even be related to the uh sam and bb's connection level i'm not really sure or maybe it's just completely like once you get to a certain part in the narrative he starts doing that yeah bb slash lou is definitely along with like cliff and those stories are tied intrinsically together yes it's 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 the heart of the game and i felt it was the most successful part of the game and And, it was the part i enjoyed the most and really all i want to get at is like from a mechanics level just from randomly like you're doing you're going around the world and he starts calling the baby lou and you're like lou what the fuck like lou the hell is is lou is lou the baby oh he named it oh it's just like (laughs) it's like a super organic thing that just sort of happens and they don't make a big deal about it it's just something that you come across yourself and notice and start to notice as he does it more and it's like oh that's actually really that's really sweet and as we just i want to make this quick note and i'm not trying to get political here because i I actually didn't i like picked up on this but then i heard somebody else saying it kind of confirming my thoughts and rightly or wrongly and I'm just throwing this out here. Did Kojima make a pro-life video game? <laughs> just think about just think about that for a second. No, seriously. No, I, I someone I did see someone bring that up that the game is like it it's it it's both obviously and not obviously uh it kind of pro-life. I mean, because from what I understand, Japanese culture uh, culture is kind of pro-life. From what I've heard, it's kind of traditional. On that. I, I don't know. I might be wrong on that. But I would say I don't know, I don't um, know Kojima's politics, but like I would say a lot of Japanese uh, culture as it comes to family is traditional family values, finding a finding a mate, having children, raising children. And as a child, you know, going through school, going through college and getting a good job. It's very uh, it's very traditional in that manner. So I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. He the, the the babies were a tool for the government to discover the Death Stranding. But so I don't was, know. But this was Sam's BB. But Sam chose to have the BB. Yeah. He didn't want to abort it. Dead man. Dead man was oh, like, Go Deli- oh, Delilah. Oh, he's throwing a wrench in the cog. Maybe this is a pro-choice <laughs> <Uh-oh>. game. <laughs> okay, I just I just wanted to throw out the suggestion because I thought it was. An interesting take. Nah, it's a, it's a, it's a good. Uh, that's it a, could that's be, a good and it's not in your face, face, which is appropriate. Because if it was, right. then it'd be like, all right, right. fuck you. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and we'll come back to Lou uh, while we talk about the ending, because there is a bit that I want to. There is an extra bit about Lou that I want to talk about. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get into the ending um, with Amelie and Bridget being the same fucking person, uh, and them being them being the same person one being the body the other being the soul and them being connected to this fucking beach and them being an extinction entity and this is where everything starts to get just like really annoyingly convoluted yeah it's like basically this is when this is the culmination of kojima taking all of his terminology throughout the entire game of which you need basically a fucking dictionary to understand yeah and throwing it all at you at once yeah, Amelie is the basically the main antagonist in this game, in my opinion. Uh, no, she 100% is. She's the extinction entity, which is the one that basically ends human life as it is for the sixth in- extinction following the dinosaurs and all that shit we know. Um, and, and, and 
Sam loves her because that was his mother slash sister slash question mark lover. Like, we don't know. Um, and she basically gave Sam and Higgs powers um, that, like, kind of fucked them up in some way or another. Like, confused them, I think. Um, and I, I guess she loved Sam, too, so maybe she wasn't all that bad. But, I, oh, yeah, the, the, it, it was just way, very weird. The way love is treated in this in, in this game, especially this ending, is just bizarre. I, I guess let's just... Let's just instead of i don't want to i don't want to explain the whole ending i i just kind of want to talk about how we felt about it like did we feel this was like overly convoluted and or did it make sense i personally i i had to do some additional reading to make sure i understood this right same because not even not even the bit the bit about cliff and the original bb all made sense yes and like that that whole bit made sense. It was, in my opinion, super well done, super well acted, super well uh, explained. The scene where he kills his wife, like that was yeah, man. That scene made the like I was really kind of fed up, like about two thirds into the game, like with how long it was and the pacing. Mm-hmm. But that scene, like th- that entire epilogue chapter, I felt made it worth it. Like just kind of the raw motion. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of brought it all together. For the most part, brought it all together. There's still questions, but but that yeah. whole that whole bit was super well done, and the whole bit about extinction entity. Oh yeah, that's that's another thing. I, I, spoilers: if you haven't watched this anime, please go watch Neon Genesis Evangelion. It's on Netflix. Don't watch the net. <laughs> if you can avoid it, don't watch the Netflix version. The well, dub. yeah, the dub they, versions on well, Netflix. Actually, I think the I think it's the original Japanese. If you want to watch it, if you want to watch it in Japanese with the subs, like that's I guess fine. But they even fucked up the subs. Um, yeah, if you can find it elsewhere, uh, home video, it's a disaster because they haven't released it since like two thousand three. Uh, specifically, like also make sure you watch End of Evangelion because this whole extinction entity and Last Stranding thing was like and sp- spoilers like stop here and, and skip ahead like thirty to it's like a minute. Skip ahead a minute. Have you guys seen Evangelion? Mm-hmm. I have seen, time. like, yeah, I've seen, uh, like, 10 to 15 episodes of it. So uh, I know the premise. You didn't watch I End know of Evangelion? You didn't watch you End can, of Evangelion? You can, you can spoil it. I don't the, care. Oh, this is, like, straight up End of Evangelion, top to bottom. Like, it's the same fucking thing. Like, I, I, I'm, Sam, I Sam is Shinji deciding, like, do I want humanity to continue or do I want it to all just go to hell? And like, I know who Shinji, Shinji is. Shinji deliberates. Sam doesn't, and just like stops it. And like, complete with like a beach and the water and like the, the fucking exploding sun. Although instead, uh, it's it's an exploding sun instead of Ray's giant severed head. But it's like straight up just end of heaven, Kellyan. Right. <laughs> like the whole fucking thing. It it it. I like Kojima must have watched that show like five times while he was writing this book. and yeah, like imagine where do you think he got zone of the enders yeah <laughs> yeah that's also true is like mecca i i've never seen any evidence that kojima likes evangelion but it really wouldn't surprise me based on some of the writing and choices yeah. that he makes in his narrative um so yeah and end of 
end of the end of Evangelion spoilers here. I think we can move on from that. I just really wanted to bring that up because it's all I could think about during the ending. <laughs> uh, I thought the revolver bit was like super convoluted and kind of dumb. Yeah, it was like a weird totem. It's like like the yeah. dream catcher. And that's like the biggest thing that I needed to like look up and read about because it's like, oh, yeah. And the, and the dream catcher bit, I read like a Twitter thread a, a, a while ago that like, you should not buy dream catchers and they're not supposed to be like sold because it's like kind of insulting to native American, um, native American history and native American culture. Uh, so I thought it was interesting to like, I read that thread a couple months ago and then I see one in the game and they like talk about it a lot and has like some intrinsic meaning. And I'm like, I, Oh boy. I, I doubt Kojima had any, idea. probably, probably he did. He did. He wrote oh. about uh, the, oh, the Native Americans in a in an interview uh, oh. and what the Dreamcatcher means. Oh, good. Okay. So yeah. and then like there was also the Kipu and then and oh yeah, that that's another thing is the fucking word strand is used in six different ways, uh, including the goddamn genre of the game, so to speak. One of your fucking weapons is a strand. Yeah, I know. You know there's you have a weapon that's a strand. Bridget's yeah. last name is Strand. Uh, you have to con- you have to connect facilities through strands uh, and connections. When you we die and repatriate, you have this to is, find this a, is a strand. strand. This is a new genre called the Strand genre. Oh my god! Everything like, we know is a fucking strand. It's an umbilical cord. It's really yeah, an umbilical cord. They, I think they even refer to that as a strand at some point. Like the whole game, it's so hard to take a lot of this seriously when he uses the same word for like. In like five or six different ways, and it's really hard to take it seriously, especially strand. Whenever the word strand is mentioned, when it's a weapon you have, and it's in in Kojima's eyes the genre of the game, it's so hard to take any of that seriously. Do you it ever really think that some of this might be translation issue, like the translator? I really don't, because I don't. I don't. Because I feel like I feel if, like if there's a difference between like the translators who are working with him now. And those who are working in him say, like, back in the days of, like, MGS1, MGS2, MGS3, which there was some silly stuff in those games, but usually they were silly on purpose. Like, no, something I, like Ocelot, Revolver Ocelot in uh, MGS3. I genuinely feel this is just his writing style. And if anyone came to him and said, no, don't do not do this, he, he knew full on what he was doing and did not care. oh yeah that that was something that actually came to mind because i was watching like a youtube video about um the star wars prequels prequels sorry um uh at some point in between while i was in, in the process of playing this game mm-hmm. and it was it was a piece it, it's a very famous piece of documentary behind the scenes footage that's like on the dvds for the phantom menace mm. and it shows george lucas uh, walking out with the first draft of the Phantom Menace, and everybody's clapping, and then they all sit down to read it, and the producers <laughs> and stuff are just looking at them with like dumbfounded faces, but <laughs> nope, but nobody says anything, uh, and then it shows more footage of like the first screen test screening for just like the producers and George, and then George is like, yeah, we couldn't use a little less Jar Jar, and like <laughs> nobody's saying anything to him. I feel like this is kind of Kojima's curse now. I don't think people are willing to question him. I, I, yeah. Uh, interesting. I, I think, I think you might be right on that. Right he's on the money. Basically, the George Lucas of 
video games. At least this is like nebulous enough to be acceptable. Jar Jar Binks was just a fucking mess. Hey, I love Jar Jar. <laughs> Don't you dare talk shit on Jar Jar. I, I, I think we need to make the pod racing scene a little a little longer. Hey, pod racing was also fucking rad. I love that movie, unironically. I but... don't like that movie. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is now a, 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 a Star Wars Episode One uh, defense podcast. No, I'm just, we're not doing that. Um, back to the revolver. Yeah, it was yes. really just, it was so nonsensical. Like, oh, this was Die Hard Man's revolver. Or no, it was like, I don't even yeah. remember whose revolver. It was Die it was Hard, Die Man's, Hard revolver, Man's revolver. And then they all got it and somehow got connected to it. And then it was given to Amelie. And then it was given to Sam. It's like, it, it, it won't do you any good, but it has a purpose. It's like, and then all the while, while you're waiting for that too, and this is another, this is like another kind of frustrating bit about the ending. There are three fucking credit sequences. Yeah. Three of them. I, and I texted you guys in the Slack chat because I got there before you guys, and I was like, I hate when credits do this. And you're yeah, like, what is and it? I, and I, I didn't know what and you then, meant. Like, and as soon as I get and, to it, and yeah, like, I'm running like, around on this beach with nothing oh. to do. There's nothing there. And then I see, directed by Hideo Kojima, I immediately message in the Slack channel saying, <laughs> no. Jason, I know what you mean now. <laughs> I wish I would. it would have been somewhat more uh, alleviating if like Kojima had put like a, a sunken Statue of Liberty in the background of the beach. Oh my god! If there were thing, interesting things to find on this empty beach while we're running around waiting for Amelie to appear and give us more backstory, during the credits we're getting more backstory. Um, if there was something to go find, like even like a little nook or a cave or something to even just somewhat explore while we're getting the credits, like that would have made that sequence so much better. Instead, all you can really do is run up and down. There's like some knolls and like tiny little hills and some rocks you can climb. You can go out in the water and go out far enough that the water will be like, nope, fuck you. Get back to that beach and send and no you matter back. What, no matter which way, yeah, no matter which way you go, you get sent back to yeah. your starting. And then there's and even bits like where I started climbing hills and... And then that triggered that the, I, the the next Amelie conversation got triggered. And then I was back in the original place on the beach. I'm like, no, that's not where I was. I yeah. like, no, go back to that hill. I was exploring that. And by the way, folks, this is not the actual final credit. No, this is the first. This is the first of three credit credit sequences. This is number one of three. Because after this is done, um, that's when we finally get the. Uh, that's when we finally get the the the, the regular just black credits roll sequence or a, the the first of those i think and then we get chapter 14 the epilogue chapter with lou and we hear die hardman's speech to to america and then die hardman's speech to sam and then him talking to fragile and then you have to go back to the incinerator to kill lou and more music starts playing oh it's so nice so sweet so nice we get the if, if you bought this game congratulations you now like somewhat legally own the entire low roar soundtrack Discography yeah. or uh, lower low roar discography, um, which fantastic band. I saw them live. They're really it good. Me but like get through geez. getting the, It helped me get through the interviews. Jesus <laughs> listening Christ. to them. <laughs> I know. I know this will be controversial, but uh, at first I was like, oh, I like like the first time I heard one of those lower low roar songs. By the way, I should preface that I don't really listen to music past like the year yeah, two thousand five. Yeah, you have no music taste. I, I understand. But uh. But, like, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is nice. This is relaxing, like, when you're carrying Bridget's body to the furnace. Um, and there's, like, 
um, some like low key like I don't, I don't even know what you call it's it like Alt-rock, indie electronica like indie like whatever and it's like oh this is kind of nice it's relaxing as you take your mother to go burn in a furnace um, <laughs> but like over the course of the game I felt like uh, okay another song and it kind of all just like flowed maybe it's because I don't listen to this genre a lot but like just kind of all sounded the same um, it. Yeah, I feel like it's a if it's it's like a kind of you get it or you don't sort of thing. And yeah, maybe it I might get just that. Be I get that with some bands. Like, don't get it with others. Low roar, I think, is pretty good. But regardless, uh, <laughs> these fucking endings, man. You uh, you, you you go and then you get like a huge like half hour, forty five minute uh, epilogue info dump, and then you get the final credit sequence. The, the, the three of three. <sighs> Just what a loaded, what a loaded ending to, uh, yeah. to, to give us. And I, I think we'll all agree that the the whole bit with Cliff and BB, that was it was pretty well done. It was very yeah, well they, done. I thought they showed a dead infant. <laughs> like, yeah, they not only was... sho- they not only showed a dead infant, like fucking Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> like not only does he kill his wife like by the way she's not like she's basically dead already she's like being barely kept they, alive but they, still they coined like, still mother yeah, yeah. still mother and it's just like they literally they literally just explain it as as brain dead mothers that yeah used... like instead of a still baby like the mother it's was dead st- but the baby was still alive inside her oh. versus the opposite could be very triggering for and people. It, yes. It's like it's it's so visceral though how they portray like he strategically plans out like like in the Godfather Part Two like he takes a rag and wraps it around the revolver to silence it and takes a pillow and puts it to her face just blasts her in the face three times. And he struggled and like like the, yeah. like the the performance was excellent like he struggled yes. with it like he he, he yes. really Mads Mikkelsen did a phenomenal fucking job. I re- I really hope he wins the. The, the uh, war. Yeah. He's up. He yeah. For those who don't know, he is also up for best performance, and I think he got all of our votes because he was just really good. Yeah, totally. I mean, shout uh, out to Party though. Yeah. Ashley Birch, whatever. <laughs> but I didn't vote. I didn't vote because there's Chinese infiltrators oh, in Jesus the game Christ. of war. Yeah, we're gonna ignore that. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they shoot they shoot an infant. Not even an infant, an unborn child, technically. Yes. Yeah. And Emily. Emily slash Bridget shoots Brid, yeah, the infant. Brid, the, the president of the United States. <laughs> I'm sorry, the United Cities uh, shot an unborn child, <laughs> and Mads Mikkelsen. And like they like this actually like it explains Sam's ability to repatriate. I I didn't know if that was something we should just take for granted, but turns out it had an explanation because of course it did. So- Thank you, Kojima. And... So let me ask you guys, because I was actually confused about this for a little while, and I'm still not entirely sure. Yeah. So, like, is Lou just a random baby? Yeah. Or, okay, so he's a random baby. Cause she, for, for actually. She, she, yes. She, okay, it's a she. Oh, did, because... you not, did you not see the scene at the end of the third credit sequence? No. Yeah, there's a scene where they're holding hands, and Sam calls her Luis, and you re- that's when you realize that she is a oh. Louise. Louise. Is she like grown up slightly? No, no. This is like right after the game, like right after the event. Oh, I and did see that. Then holding, never mind. Yeah, and and her name is. You find out it's a girl, and her name is Louise. I didn't realize. I, I thought Louise was like a, like a 
transsexual, like a bisexual, whatever you call it. Uh, I, a I gender neutral. Gender neutral name. God. Um, but, uh, no, no technically for, for is. The first, but... for, the, for the first few hours, I, uh, I was under the impression that Lou and Sam were the same person. And there was yeah. some weird I, void so that out, was like, a, that was a thought that I had too, but no, they they didn't do any hokey time travel bullshit. Thank God, it was just straight up, like Sam is that original BB. He he wasn't uh, picking up that BB's memories. It was his own memories that he didn't really yeah. know about, and the BB that he had was just another BB that was defective that he saved and used and and kept and grew and created a relationship with. Yeah. And is now his surrogate daughter. Yeah. Which we I, didn't make clear, though, that, that Sam was indeed the first BB ever. Yes. Like, yeah. That was, uh, that was really good. Yeah. Like, you see the, whole, the whole bit where, it, 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 like, he comes back to life, Bridget picks him up and is like, I'll adopt him as my own. I'll raise him as my own. And that's Give when him that, powers. that moment was my confirmation. Like, okay, yes, she is his mother. <laughs> Yes, not biological, yes. but she is his adopted mother. Well, yes, we still we still don't know what she did with him on that beach. <laughs> God, I don't, I don't want to know what. She's like, did. I'm gonna watch you grow, and then I'm gonna bang you. God, hey man, weirder like said, things have happened in Hollywood. Like I said, groomers are a real problem in 2019. <laughs> uh, I think I think we all like I think we're all pretty high on that ending. We all we all enjoyed it. Yes, I and I, I, I just want to stress, and I know I keep saying it over and over again, but like definitely my favorite part of the game was Cliff Unger's story. I like how it tied together. Um, I like how all the scenes that you've kind of seen in just disjointed fashion throughout the game come together, and there's actually like an arc there that he was this super soldier, lived a life. Of, it, it, it was almost like a meta commentary on Kojima's past career. In a sense, and that's and probably that, intentional. And Cliff, yeah, and that cliffhanger was essentially Solid Snake, um, and then he has this child, uh, and they're you know he's forced to kind of give up that life and. Death Stranding is Kojima's yeah, BB. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, like, no, Cliff. Cliff is like Kojima, and BB is like. Metal Gear, and it gets taken away from him. He's like, "Give me back my BB." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I... <laughs> yeah, this ending, I... the game, you know, pace, bad pacing, good pacing, you know, whatever, whatever's in between the the beginning and the ending. Like that ending really did pay off. I actually, I actually kind of thought Cliff sucked just uh, like early in the game because we knew nothing about him and it just kept showing up and then that first boss battle while really cool i'm like i still learned nothing about you like why should i care and then by I the end the same thing at first by I the, the end same thing. yeah it, it like all paid off yeah it, it really all paid off i just want to give a shout out to our last episode soma this game kind of confirmed that the arc fuck it because it was basically saying uh, <laughs> in the in the spoilers interview. for Soma. Go listen to the Soma episode. Play Soma <laughs> before you listen to Delilah's rant. If you haven't played it, skip ahead a minute. Go Delilah. Because because basically beaches are like the afterlife, purgatory, the 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 portal for the underworld and, and the world of the own. living. 
and everyone has their own and people are tied to it if they still have some purpose to fulfill in their in their life on earth and they're not their soul isn't free to like do whatever it wants um and so the beach for me represented the arc in soma where you're just like stuck in this purgatory mm -hmm. and uh and they were basically talking about how like ai even if it has human conscience could never um hold on, let me double back so dooms are the powers that <laughs> sam has that Amelie has, that Fragile has, that Hartman has, and they're all different levels of dooms, um, like like uh, Sam, Cameron, Patrick, and well, yeah, dooms, dooms are basically is just like it's just like the ability to detect BTS, which is like the most convoluted way to explain that. Yes, but the 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 purpose of dooms is that the people who have dooms are going to be able to survive the sixth extinction. And this is where it gets into like survival of the fittest, why like certain creatures were able to survive extinctions and others weren't. And so this is like the extinction for like people. So so whoever has dooms is basically going to survive this e extinction. Right. And uh, so so and now let me go back. If an AI can skip ahead like 30 seconds if you haven't played Soma. I'm not going to spoil it too much, okay. but well, maybe yeah, I don't just, know. I'm just being careful. The reason, so the reason why people are able to survive this, survive this extinction and have dooms is because they have the concept of death in their head and they fear it and they imagine it and think about it. And that, and with the time fall and the BTs, it kind of accelerates that because it ages you so fast. And, and so it's like in a way accelerating evolution and helping people get dooms, or at least people that are connected and evolving in that way. And so AI could never do that because they don't understand death. They've never been born. Even if they have human consciousness, like they don't know what it feels like to actually die. And so I thought that was like kind of reminded me of Soma a little bit and proof why the arc is bullshit. What an interesting dichotomy, like episode after episode that, we, that we've <laughs> reached here on Reap the, Reap the Spoils. <laughs> Fantastic. Wouldn't you agree, Jason? Yeah, I was just thinking. <laughs> people with dooms in this game, they're kind of like the X-Men. Yeah. Mutants, which begs the question, if everybody else with dooms can, like, fucking teleport around, why can't Sam? It would have made the game a lot easier. No, I think... <laughs> I think that's, like, another... just. I just broke your mind. Weird ability. That's just, like, like, like fragile... That's just her mutant ability, man. Anyway, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted a mutant ability. I think I think we can move on from like the ending. Do we have anything more to say about the ending or the story as a whole? No, I think we I think we covered the story. I want to do some extensively. The extinction some, uh... happens because humans are taking all the resources from the earth. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Fucking deep. <laughs> and well, uh, hey, they're taking all the resources from the earth and reusing them for as other resources for everyone else which is a great jumping off point into the discussion of the, this brand new genre that kojima has blessed our timeline with the strand genre not this really game, this game supposedly is it's not really brand new it steals a lot like there's elements of minecraft in here if you think about it, elements, but uh, not elements, a whole genre. elements of Minecraft slash Fortnite. There's there's elements a lot. Of, there's elements of Metal Gear Solid in here. 
like once you when you get actually get to the end and but if you take all these if you and, take all these elements if you take all these elements put them in a basket and shake them all up you get the strand genre jason yeah i guess it's true like the one thing that's new is probably the least interesting that you're fucking like you're fucking what's his name kevin costner and the postman like <laughs> All right, I so, wish I wish you had a horse in this game, actually, like Metal Gear Solid Five. That would have been pretty. <laughs> yeah, BT horse. Um, yeah, the strange honor is kind of like, what does that even mean? Honestly, like, the most the most fun I had in this game was fighting, like the BT bosses, like the giant fucking whale. Oh, and, I love uh, that fight. Like the the giant. Yeah, like well, that, that's another. Going back to the 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 Clifford Unger boss fights like all of the bt fights were the same to me as well they no, all they boiled were. down to they the were. same exact thing equip they your gun the, that has blood same. bullets or have a stockpile of hematic grenades or just chuck at these things but we they had were... a rocket launcher at the whale fight uh, that, i won't that was I, admittedly I cool i won't argue with you that they were the same and kind of generic action and the same thing with the mules fighting the mules but that See, I, I would even I, say I, the mules were more interesting because you could stealth around, hide in grass. If you had too much cargo, they could see you. And really, the the goal wasn't really to fight them. The goal was just to steal back cargo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. And then they introduced but, terrorists, and I'm like, oh, come on. Well, you could just go around killing mules and knocking them out if you wanted to. The point I'm trying to make is that the most fun I had in this game was fighting. <laughs> <laughs> like, which you don't really get like the ability to totally, do I, until towards the end of the game. I would say that was like my least favorite thing about the game was the combat, fighting, fighting combat in general. Like, I felt like it took. A major I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I like loved it. Like, I'm saying that it, it was my most favorite part of the game. No, I mean that, that's fair. I just, for me, it was just like. It definitely took a backseat to everything else. And and this game was loaded with mechanics and combat was obviously not a core mechanic that that like like just general like moment to moment combat. Like obviously the boss fights were really big and the combat needed to be somewhat refined in order to get through those in a meaningful and intuitive way. But it's like you you weren't moment to moment between deliveries constantly engaging in battles with mules or terrorists or BTs even necessarily. Most of the time you were engaging with BTs, it was sneaking through them. And right. once you could – once you got the ability, cutting their cords. Which which totally like nullified the threat. I yeah. Felt. And I, yeah. I, my only problem with that was I, it would take me forever to get through BT territory if I went around just cutting everything I saw. Uh, and – that would cause my cargo to deteriorate from the time fall like super fast. Yeah, that's why I just cut whatever was in my path. I I started doing that, and even then, it would take longer than I'd liked. Hmm. Again, that's that's like, and I guess this starts to get into the gameplay loop of delivering packages and the micromanic microman- see, micromanagement. Was, see, of, the, all the micromanagement. All of the micromanagement, the the placement of your cargo, where you put it, even though like you mostly do it automatically, but like even just like going to do a delivery and seeing some lost cargo and it might be in a tricky spot and going to get it and then th- delivering things, building roads with m- whatever materials I happen to have on me and stuff, all that little micromanagement, that was my favorite part of this game. Luckily, it was the I core think... mechanic, but... yeah. 
that's why I think the strand genre will be like games that implement ways for different players to build things that help you in the game and you guys kind of help each other. I can see that being implemented in cool ways in other games, but, but still, that's about it. I still like, he- I'm, I'm super hesitant to call this its own genre because all he really yeah. did was make a, a micromanagey, a, a micromanagey adventure game where the, yeah. the the mechanics are are less on traversal and combat and more on weight and how it affects your traversal and ways to traverse and 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 things and all that with social features like i think it's a super unique experience but i don't know that i'd call it a new genre yeah i think um... that's i i i i think that's just kojima cuz kojima basically he was. I would. I would almost say that he invented the stealth genre, whether or not he tried to, because he didn't really. The only reason Metal Gear was was considered a stealth game was because of technical limitations at the time. The MSX couldn't popular render that many. Sure, sure, let's go with that. He definitely majorly popularized it, if not invented it, essentially, because all, all because the MSX couldn't produce that many bullets on screen. So his way around that was well, just make it so that no bullets get fired. Yeah. And he's constantly referred to as like the father of that genre, and I think he just kind of wants that feeling again. <laughs> but Which this time is, he's going about it by saying, "This is new. This is a new genre that I created." It's a strange. Yeah, I'm genre. sorry. I'm sorry, Kojima. That's not gonna. I, not I gonna, yeah, I, yeah. I have to agree. I think this is one of those moments. And I love the man. I respect him, and I think he's one of the best and most unique game designers out there. But this is him. Like I said at the top of the show. Metal Gear Solid 2 time, like the peak of Metal Gear, uh, around like the, the the time of 2 and 3, that was him at his peak intelligence with his gameplay, his storytelling, and his writing and everything. This is his most altruistic, where he just has his yeah. head up his ass and thinks yeah, that he's again, smarter than he's, act, than he's actually being. I, I, again, I go back, you know. You know, with the uh, with the prequel genre or trilogy, <laughs> the prequel I, genre. I, I wanted I wanted to make more tone pieces than you know dramas like I did with the original. You know, I wanted to make movies for my kids. <laughs> I I do think that developers are going to use the strand element in terms of like world building with, in multiplayer. Um, I but think... it won't it won't be like a strand game like like in the way we say souls game because we say like a game like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has soul like features and it does but it's nothing like the souls games in so many ways it just has like that element to See, it and I'm... I do foresee that element being in other games and I wouldn't even call the souls games like genre defining I think that those games are action role playing games action RPGs that have a very specific playing style and yeah. and that and that's kind of inspired lots of games like it, but I I don't even call I don't even consider them like their own genre. Maybe maybe somewhat of a subgenre of action RPGs, but I still wouldn't call them their own genre. An yeah. adventure game with heavily relying on social mechanics is not a new genre. It's definitely right. unique. It's one of the most unique experiences I've ever had. Uh, I I find I find it particularly inc- particularly with the over encumbrance and the management of your resources. I f- which yeah. I'm sorry, but no mainstream game is going to emulate it because it's just dumb game design. I felt like half this game, I was just fucking spraying shit 
on my packages to keep it from dying. I disagree strongly. I'm especially like, especially I, when you get to like the snow chapter. Which one was that? That was uh That was uh was that Dead Man that Fragile. Was heart, that was Dead Man into Heart Man, I think. Yeah. Because yep. it's just fucking snowing everywhere and snow is considered timefall. Um stronger timefall. Well it's still yeah. it's still precipitation that it's just See like, like that bit, I, like I, 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 like I was getting to the point through that middle third of the game where I just wanted it to end. Like I wanted to just put a bullet in my head. I don't know. It never. And that's not. That's not. And you know, the, one of the reasons again I say it's not a new genre is because over encumbrance is not a thing we haven't seen in video games before. I mean, obviously not to the this extent. That's and the difference, a, though. That, there, that there's is definitely a, there's the a reason. There's a reason we haven't seen that to this extent. Like, how would you feel if you were playing Elder Scrolls and all of a sudden, like, your character starts tilting to the sides because you reached halfway of towards your over encumbrance? Like, well, that's different because I gotta fight my dragons. Here's yeah, here's the you thing. Fucking here's the thing. Evade BTs and fight mules in this. Here's the thing. Besides the fact that those are two, that they're they're two different genres. Like, I understand over encumbrance is like a thing mostly in RPGs, frankly, but like. He took it and gamified it. He made it the main, the main like draw, the main mechanic of the game is like how you manage your inventory and how you how you manage like okay, I have to make this delivery. Well, what's a, what's on what's between me and that destination? Some mountains. All right, so I need to take a ladder, maybe two, and I'll take some climbing anchors because I'm probably gonna have to climb down some cliffs. Okay, now I still have to manage my cargo. Where am I gonna put that? How much can I carry? So on and so. He took all that and gamified it, and like the reason there's so many micromanaging mechanics is because those are the main mechanics. So, like how a game, how a game with with combat, like just a recent example. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order how the combat has lots of nuance and the, you slowly unlock like new yeah. ways of going about combat you unlock new force powers you unlock new moves with lightsaber and stuff like how that happens or even other games I, I, I'm struggling to think of an example off the top of my head but like you slowly unlock more ways to go about combat because those are the main mechanics within those titles this the main mechanic here is delivering packages so all the micromanagement directly correlates to that it directly uh it, it directly affects how you go about delivering your packages whether it be new tools to traverse or new things to help you carry more cargo or i, don't, I, I can't even think of any any other uh off the top of my head like you know better yeah. boots for longer traveling and things like that you're constantly as you go through the game like an obstacle will enter your path and you'll have to go through it. You'll have to tough it like once or twice for a couple deliveries. Man, that sucks. Oh, yeah, we know. Here you go. We we made you some skeleton legs that'll help you that'll help empower your back and your legs and let you support more cargo. Yeah, but it's like, oh, thank the prob- you. The problem is you don't start getting half this shit until like 15, 20 hours into the game. I, and every most time of this stuff. you get something new, you still have to connect the chiral network and ha- like yeah. not get face like tougher terrain like snow <laughs> yeah well, like, well as i as i said like you do a few you do a few deliveries and it's like oh boy that was tough it's like okay well here we're gonna make it a little easier for you to do that in the future and then it, it's easier for a few missions and then you face a new obstacle and in my opinion that's good game design because it's giving you an obstacle and it gives you something to overcome it and then you overcome it and you get that you get that positive reinforcement of yeah that was easier the game is getting easier for me it's like all right 
it can't be too easy. Like, here's a new obstacle. Like, the snow. And the snow is probably the most frustrating I guess, one, I gotta say. I thought the snow sucked. Yeah, I, I guess I guess the difference, just to, just to summarize, because I see what you're... I understand what you're saying, the argument that you're making. And I guess the difference of opinion we have here is that I didn't feel satisfied when I finally completed these challenges or overcame them. I just felt like I wasted my time that's, and I wanted it to be over. And that's totally valid. Like that's pretty much why. At the like top I of ended the... up, I ended up trying to drive trucks over fucking mountains <laughs> and like motors. I'm not joking. I tried I, to. I was I was taking every opportunity to fucking just minimize the amount of time I had to waste walking across a wasteland. I um I I found a truck out in the wild and I had a lot of cargo on me and I just I I was I think my um power skeleton was starting to run low on battery so i saw a truck and i was like all right i I need to just i need to fuck i need to fucking take this but it was like in this really rocky it's like that area with like the almost hexagonal rocks oh i hate that place different elevations yes it's basically basically a maze yeah it's and it's it's terrible terrain to even walk around let alone drive a fucking truck but i was like i gotta risk it and it was specifically designed that way to keep you from using because right behind it there's that area with all the different valleys that run and all like all the way across. It was mm-hmm. right by a cliff, and I'm driving the truck, and it starts to tip towards the cliff, and I'm like, no, 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 and I tried to pull yeah. it back, and it wasn't, and I fell off the cliff. Oh, shit. Yeah. And my the truck was destroyed. All my cargo fell all over the place. I had to pick it oh, up. Oh my god, it was that's all damaged. the other thing. That's the other thing. This idea that like you're in this super future tech world, and you have all this shit like technology to communicate with the dead and whatnot and like all this other stuff. And yet there, you don't have straps that can keep your shit on your back when you just trip and fall over. Like what the fuck? That was probably the most falling over at all. Jason, there's mechanics, there's mechanics in the game to prevent that. I would just randomly try. I would be like tapping the R2 and L2 and like suddenly there'd be like a tiny rock that like I didn't see, and it'd just be oh, all <laughs> over, and everything would scatter. But like that, that goes back to what I'm saying is is like with the main draw of the game, grabbing all this inventory, micromanaging your inventory, and traversing the world. Like he needs to gamify it. Otherwise, it does become a walking simulator. If all you do is walk and you don't have to do anything other than that, what's the point? But no, like. You have to be mindful of what terrain you're walking around. There might be a rock. You might trip on it. You might go down a slope and he starts to slip and fall and shit. And it all plays into not fucking up walking and fucking up, like, traveling and walking between places. And they start to give you they start to give you ways to make that easier and more intuitive and better. I think I, get, I think oh, it was sorry, just Delilah. too. No, I was just to say I think it was just too long. Like for the main story, like yes. like let me like be able to go back to it. There are way too many cities to connect to the chiral network. There could have been like half of it, and the story would have been the same. I did, and say then this. like yeah, go back to it after. It's going to be much easier. You got your zip lines, you got all the upgrades, and then you can go to like different places and do cleanup if you want. I did you know? say this to you guys in Slack, and I'm going to say it here because I I really stand by this. The preppers, besides like the first three that that you get introduced to, uh, the engineer, the elder, and the uh, other fucking guy, um, 
which introduces you to preppers as a concept. There's these other people, they live on their own, we need to connect them and whatnot. Those three at the intro should have been the only preppers that were required. There shouldn't have been all this other, all the other preppers that you need that are part of the main story. It should have just focused. That would have made the pacing much better, especially those really long chapters. I think they were three, five, and eight. Those super, super long chapters that took hours. Yeah. All because you're going to these preppers and delivering packages. If they had just made like a really hard delivery or two between main points, like main distribution centers, main uh, main cities and stuff. If they have just made like harder deliveries to those places, shortened those chapters significantly, and left the preppers all as like additional side content, the pacing would have been much better. And I feel like we all we all would have felt better about the mechanics in the game because we would have been we would have had less time in between these major points. You know, oh, there's there's this tough thing I gotta do. All right, let me do this. Let me do this. Okay, this is tough. This is tough. Oh, okay, cool. I got a trike now. Okay, this is this made it easier for the next few deliveries, and now it's hard again. Yeah. If if there were less preppers relegated to the main the main story, and they were all just like made side content, I think that would have fixed the pacing issue that this game had because it all it it, it took us all fifth, about fifty hours to beat. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah. Like yep. that's a really long game. Yep, and that's the story, and there's still so much to do after. And and we we talked about how how book ended, the story of this game is how how exposition heavy it is at the top, and how resolution heavy it is at the bottom. And there's very little in between outside of you meet up with this character, they give you their backstory, and then you, they they point you in the right direction, with with some variations. You know, Mama made it a little interesting, albeit frustrating. And the, <laughs> I I feel like we've all already said like the worst part or our, our least favorite part of this game. I think we all forgot to mention the worst part of this game is the two sections where you have to completely backtrack. Yes. The bit the bit where you go into the mountains, which suck to traverse into. Literally. To find Lachna, and she's like, I won't talk to you. across the entire Oh, yeah. Game. And oh then my God, I didn't yeah. even realize initially, I didn't really know where to go after that. I didn't realize that I, I I probably should have just picked up on it once I looked it up. It was I felt super stupid because it should have been super obvious. But you have to go all the way back to Mama, and then you have to carry her all the way there. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> right right after I right after you leave her base and the Hig shows up and gives you a boss fight, I apparently you were supposed to just run away from that. Yeah. I I fought it, and after that, Mama's condition was down to like three percent. Oh my god! I had to be super careful taking her to Lochna's because, like, if I just took a single bad fall off of like us, the smallest cliff, she would die. <laughs> you must have gotten like a C rank. On that. I I did. I absolutely <laughs> did because Higgs Higgs is a BT just like fucked her up. I should have just like put her in the base and left her there. No, I had her on my back the entire time. I did too, but at least by then you were connected to the chiral network and could use like other players' zip lines and safe houses and shit. Yeah, I, 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 nobody really had set up many zip lines at the time that I was in that chapter. Um, 
but yeah and then even worse than that was after after the bit out west and you have to go all the way back and i thought east just meant east of the central area so like no. what was that port all or lake not city to, no you get to lake not the city there's the vietnam section and then you come back and you're in the eastern part and it's like yeah you gotta you gotta come back here and then they make it worse by having like non-stop time fall that's like stronger than it ever was yeah and you have to carry these fucking worms to uh to uh fragile so that which you probably already have like a supply of like over a hundred by that point in the game you have to and carry this box of worms BTs. yeah there's unavoidable bts constant time fall your packages are constantly getting beat up by this rain Basically, and, and unless, you can't and you can't build any structures. Yeah, unless you happen to go into that section with a bunch of repair spray already, you had to either use a truck or you were fucked. There was yeah. no way. I think I found. I think I had nothing. I think I had to traverse it, and I just barely made it to the boss. Yeah, that's crazy. Everything, everything was still intact. But those backtracking sections were hands down the worst sections of the game. Here's yes. Here's, here's my final thoughts on like the general gameplay and the idea of making it focused on like being a mailman, porter, delivery, whatever. I was not a huge fan of like the focus on like the over encumbrance mechanics and the micromanagement and whatnot. That, and that's totally fine. And and, and what I think I might have preferred, and I might not have minded them as much. If the game wasn't like just a giant sandbox with, you know, you're just basically running to and fro, occasionally running into um, an environmental, a dumb environmental obstacle or like every once in a while. If Kojima had put more time into maybe designing more, not necessarily claustrophobic smaller more honed designed environments and making you traver- making it more of a horror game you utilizing the bts and making their mechanics more complex and basically making it not resident evil but more survival game in terms of you still have to get this package to your destination but you're trying to make your way through these kind of really scary elements that infest the world and put more of a focus on that. I, I think I might've enjoyed this game a lot more. Mm. I, I just, I just was like the massive open world that ultimately felt empty and like these kind of social mechanics, they didn't interest me at all. Well, the problem yeah. is Kojima has, has already said that he, he can't ever go back to not open world. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a shame. He just, I, like yeah, he after after Metal Gear Solid Five, that's just that's just his thing now. He he likes he he loves working with the concept, and I I I agree. I think I think it's kind of a shame. I think he made really really good, unique, tight spaces that and, were and, still and, interesting to go through. And I mean, I find it even more of a shame in this world. I guess in like our next topic or two, you know, in terms of Kojima's future, you know, where I think he should go, and I think he would be vastly more successful um and more there would be more of a consensus surrounding the game but then not this game whatever his next game would be right um we didn't we didn't mention much about that this is this kind of goes into uh combat a bit 
but uh <laughs> the weaponization of of body fluids yeah it's uh, funny blood i think worked as a concept and that was pretty unique in and of itself that was a cool resource i i did like that i did if of all the micromanagement stuff i liked the fact that you had to use weapons against the bts to your own detriment yes yeah me and, too and, and and that also kind of ties back in with the stealth genre of the best way to go about this is to not go about it at all just avoid right. them sneak through them and don't again engage them that's a that's a survival horror mechanic. You had I, to use ammo in Resident Evil to your own detriment because you didn't you have were basically much. Had, right exactly. I I would say it's a it's a little column A, little column B, because um, there definitely were stealth mechanics that uh, that really came out during those BT sections and also the mule sections a, a little bit. But <sighs> I still don't really know what the other bodily grenades did i didn't use them really at all yeah i i would bring oh, the ones that you shit and piss out yes the shower water the the, the pee grenades and the poop grenades all they really <laughs> seemed to do was like make the monsters recoil and like go into the ground and then come up again like another part like it just made them recoil a little bit and like yeah none of them really seemed to be different from one another like the shower grenades didn't do anything different than the poop grenades that from from what i noticed and i used all three of them like n not a whole lot again i didn't really find them doing much other than making the monsters recoil maybe they were all meant to be the same and it was just like yeah it might be easier for you to make one over the other maybe you eat a lot of cryptobiotes so it pooping making poop grenades is a lot easier for you or maybe you drink a shit ton of monster and uh and, and peeing is is your forte uh <laughs> or maybe you just get down and dirty with those bts and you're just covered in mud all the time and i don't i don't know I, I i don't really i never really found a difference between them it, it it was kind of like a funny thing at first yeah and yeah just, I don't. I don't know the difference either, to be honest. Just thank God we didn't get an EX grenade number three. That would be that other uh, bodily fluid that might, might or might not come out of Norman Reedus. What is that? Boogers? No, the, not boogers. Oh, semen. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so innocent. <laughs> Jesus. Which one? Boogers. <laughs> you kids. Maybe there, maybe there should have been an EX grenade number four. <laughs> Norman Reedus catches a cold, <laughs> blows a snot into a vial. Man, um, um, man, who knows? I mean, they're alone all the time in, in Walking Dead. Who knows what he's doing? So when nobody else is looking. So speaking of speaking of monster, and this is kind of the last thing I want to talk about before we move on. Uh, to the final the final question I want to propose uh, <laughs> I thought the monster bit was fine because Ko Kojima traditionally you know starting with Metal Gear Solid 3 we had re or um uh, calorie mate was featured in Metal Gear Solid 3 and that's an actual product in Japan right um, that you can get I actually uh, I know this is an audio show but I, I have a box right here. Didn't we have like didn't we have like ramen or cup noodle in Metal Gear Solid 2? Um no. 
That was in Final Fantasy 15, that though. Was, yeah, Final Fantasy yeah. 15 had like cup noodle, which is another example of a mainstream game having product placement. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 also had like yeah, multiple, always... multiple different uh, product placements. It had Calorie Mate. It also had Regain, which is an energy drink in Japan. I believe it had another uh, major product in Japan in the game. Oh, it also had a fully usable iPod. Mm. Like, yes. Yes. You use an like a, an iPod with the circular control menu from mm-hmm. like the mid 2000s, fully usable in Metal Gear Solid Four. Just I use it, it all used. the time. Yeah. yeah, and which frankly, uh, I I feel this game, the, this game specifically really needed. The fact that I could only listen to music in my fucking private room really sucked. But. Yeah. Or, or when there's a dramatic moment when I'm approaching a facility for the first time and Low Roar comes on like a fucking music video. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this game could have really used that. But like product placement, it's like nothing new to Kojima games. And a monster, the monster uh, deal didn't really bother me. It's the first time like an American product is like there instead of a Japanese one, which is interesting. It, and it makes sense thematically since this game takes place in America. But probably also needed some money to start up his studio. But ride with Norman Reedus, straight up AMC show ads. Hey, it worked. I didn't even know that was a thing. And and once you and also the the collectibles, those fucking I don't even memory chips. There's a memory chip that I found. I don't know if you guys found it. It I found one. It was a God of War soundtrack, like the two thousand. Okay uh 17 or 8 whatever 18 one yeah the one 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 of the ones that i found because there were some bite there were some motorcycle ones one of the ones i found was actually instead of just being a memory chip that gave you a collectible it also unlocked a new bike for you and it was a reverse trike that had the ride with norman reedus logo Mm. on it and it gets better if you ride that trike when Sam jumps onto it and starts riding, he says, I'm not fucking kidding you. Go load up the game, find that fucking thing, and do it yourself. I'm not kidding. He says, wow, this thing should be on Ride with Norman Reedus. Fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I got, to my, I got to my next destination. I put it in the garage, and I never touched it again. I'm like, I cannot believe that that just happened. Norman Reedus <laughs> just gave his own show a fucking, a fucking bumper. See, there's a reason Solid Snake barely talked when you're... <laughs> <laughs> Guillermo del Toro also gave his movie The Shape of Water a shout-out in one of the interviews. Yeah, there, there's I was like, like, fuck that movie. I hate that movie. I, I actually really want to watch that movie. Katie, oh my that's, God. The, that's Katie. It's just about... Yeah, it's just about bestiality. That's it. A woman fucks a blind woman fucks a fish. That's the story. Jesus Christ! Katie watched and that you movie know, and said it was terrible. Is, but or no, not terrible, just weird. But I still really want to watch it. This just adds, and I should disclose in my hatred of Dead Man that I do have a Guillermo del Toro bias. I have beef with him. Uh, he kind of fucked the production of the Hobbit movies. Oh, um, no. I like so, those movies. No, no, no. <laughs> The the first two were okay. The last one was just fucked. But the mm-hmm. the first two were okay. But he kind of fu- like basically he screwed it over at the last minute and left. And yeah, there's a whole thing. Yeah, I don't want to. He get had to go. It. He had to go be in Death Stranding, dude. God, dude, show this the, was like show this the was man. like eight. This was like eight years ago. Show the man some respect. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, like the the ride with Norman Reedus just oh that made me. 
that made me cringe. And like the, the, besides that, like some of the collectibles, like I found uh I found a, a collect or a memory chip that was the poster for the movie Christine, which is based on the Stephen King book Christine, about a car that comes that gets possessed and tries to kill everyone. Oh, great. Which is just like, oh, that's really interesting. And he, and like there was another one was um the, the probably the most interesting one I found was uh the album an album by silent poets and it even says in the little uh, blurb about it that like you know as soon as kojima heard this song he immediately off this album he immediately contacted the um the record the record label to ask for permission to use it in one of the death stranding trailers and it was used in this death stranding trailer that was debuted at this time and i'm like this is actually kind of cool like i was hoping that some more of the collectibles uh would go more into like the history of like just little behind the scenes tidbits of like oh yeah kojima saw this thing and it really inspired him to do this or something mm-hmm. but some of them were just like some of them were just kind of wasted and dumb in my opinion i didn't find all of them yet uh but no me either some of the ones that i did find they were they were they were so hit and miss the the ride with norman reedus one being a huge miss <laughs> yeah i definitely bought three monsters what? After playing this game, oh, I bought three. I bought three three monsters. I still have one in my fridge. Oh, you had like a bunch of uh, you had a bunch of things to like deliver to like your friends and stuff, and you were like, oh man, I don't know if I'm gonna have enough energy for this. I better pound a monster <laughs> out of my way. I don't, exactly. know if, I don't know if I can cross this creek. I might have to drink a monster energy <laughs> to cross this two foot creek. You can fill up the monster with water. That makes no sense. Yeah. Like if you walk across the river, your your canteen fills up with monster. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Do you have dooms? Yeah. <laughs> I think your then dooms. How, do you, how would you know? I yeah. I think your dooms connects to your canteen and uh, re and and, and re fertilizes. I don't know. Carbonates the water. And... Re fertilizes. <laughs> what is Norm? Is Norman Reedus like jacking off into his water canteen to turn maybe, into monster? Maybe energy? that's what ex grenade <laughs> number three is. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> But <laughs> all right, is there anything else you guys want to bring up before we go to the final question? Uh, I just want to know what you guys thought of the like system. Oh uh, yeah, we didn't really like talking about the strand, the strand genre. We didn't really talk about much about the social stuff. I thought the likes were going to be a currency, and all they really are is like a points, an arbitrary point system that like sort of levels up your porter grade, and that's about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of disappointing. There was like some explanation to it in the interviews that I read, clearly, um, where (laughs) people were basically like there's some kind of hormonal deficiency because people don't have contact with other humans because they're isolated. And so... You it, read for that, way too many of these. I know, I know. (laughs) For that that reason... It's good. She's our our talking encyclopedia humanity was like asexual and could only be attracted to someone through emotions um and and so what wind up happening is the 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 likes secrete this hormone called oxyoxin or something like that um (sighs) that (laughs) i'm sorry it like no, it's not you. Here, here's the thing: is like this is such a like this is such an over explanation for something as simple as if you get likes on social media, you get instant gratification. It feels yeah. good to get likes on a thing that you post on Twitter. 
like, like in real life good. yeah and like like it's, this is it's pretty... actually a chemical in your brain that is secreted when you see that somebody else has given you gratification yeah that's all based in reality he doesn't have yeah. to come up with some ridiculous explanation for like or he could oh. or he could just say it's like fucking mario you pick up a fucking coin in mario and you get a point <laughs> but I genuinely thought they were going to be like a currency. If it turns out, no, it's just like, oh, you're asexual and they make you feel better. It's like, come on, man. Like, it turns yeah, out. This... And watch, and, and watch in the next Death Stranding, I'll be like, it turns out the social media, the likes, it's all the Lale Lule Low. The Lale Lule Low. The Lale Lule Low. Metal Gear. Yeah, it was just like so absurd. That he had to come up with an explanation for instant gratification from yeah, social that's media. Why, that's why mules were like obsessed with delivering cargo because, like, yeah, the Carillium, like, it, it basically like made them go hysteric and obsessed with like getting likes. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, just like Strand was used for like six different things, the word chiral was used for like three or four in different ways. And yeah. like, if you watch Breaking Bad, it's explained in like the first or second episode, like chiral mirror right. images. It's a, chemi- it's a, of it's a hands. chemistry. Yeah, it's a chemistry yeah. term. Yeah. But like, <laughs> just throwing the word chiral, chiral network, chiralium, the chirality of all this. Even the, chir- <laughs> the chiral crystals are fucking hands. Yeah. Which, speaking of, I would oh, argue sorry. is actually kind of clever, but like the fucking word is just used for so many different things. Yeah. Go ahead, Jason. Speaking of mules, and this is one last one last thing before we get to the final point. Speaking of the mules, I kind of feel like story-wise they were underutilized. Like I thought it would have been a really cool like subplot, or maybe even part of like the main plot, if like the mules were kind of like the mutant gang in The Dark Knight Returns, and like Sam Porter has to like confront their leader and then take inspire them and take lead and show them the ways of being a true porter, and well, like. You know what I'm saying? The, I mean, the, the, the something, mule, something, the leader, something the to add fragile. something. Well, she's not the she's not the leader. Of no, the, 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 the no, the mules are pretty much independent. The terrorists, on the other hand, the leader of them, I think, is no, like no, pretty no. much supposed I'm, to be Higgs. Yeah, I'm not talking about the terrorists. I'm just talking about the but mules. The, but the, like the ter- terrorists are mules that no longer care about delivering packages. They just have like a bloodlust. Oh, okay, whatever. Well, no, anyway. they. Or I, it's a little column A, low column B. I don't know. It's they just all... they want you to kill them so that more holes can be created on the earth. I will say, oh yeah, okay. yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, so the, uh, yeah, <laughs> I will agree. They're underutilized. They're basically just there to give a human threat as opposed to the supernatural threat that that is the BTS. But I don't know. I I, I don't. I, I I didn't really want more. I actually kind of would have wanted less from them in their current state i don't know i didn't want really want more involved like i said if if what i wanted was less of the even just like the preppers yeah which i think this game severely needed like it definitely needed more less of the mules as well if if not just completely get rid of them outright that's a good point but they did want uh, they, they very clearly also like there needed to be another threat besides the bts and the easiest thing to do is is humans but fuck they're 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 called mules and they're addicted to delivering packages. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they used to actually have jobs. Yeah, and those I, I jobs know that. Taken away from them. And yeah, so- di- that was a very obvious like, not jab, but like reference to like the Rust Belt and. Amazon like, Go. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, Die Hard Man gives like a whole spiel about that. I'm just yeah. like a lot of the explanations in this game just made my eyes roll. I'm I Dead Man. It's so nebulous. It, it's mostly with the names. I'm Dead Man. I work with the dead. I'm very familiar with them. And then later, oh, it's basically because I'm made of dead people parts. Like fucking <laughs> Christ. And, yeah. Uh, Heart Man. I I'm I'm Heart Man. Uh, I go into cardiac arrest. Like my heart, my heart literally ceases every 21 minutes. My name's Hartman. Nice to meet you. I think I think we can all agree, slimmer, more focused, and I think the one area we might disagree on is like I would have preferred a more not streamlined and not even necessarily less a little less open, but like a more honed and ho- like horror survival horror type experience, more focused on like the BTS and like maybe the terrorists like. I, and then maybe I wouldn't have wouldn't have minded the micromanagement as much, although I still would have preferred a little less of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's why at the top of the, I I tried to say this earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt anyone, uh, and I'll, I'll say it. I'll, I'll make this the ending point. It's just bookending this this whole discussion by saying this is exactly why your mileage may vary with this game, and why it's so divisive is like. There are people that really love that loop of delivering things and, and micromanaging your inventory. There are people that really hate it, and it makes sense. Like, both sides make sense. Yeah. It's it's really not a... It It's really not a game that everyone's just going to universally adore. And that's kind of why it's so contentious about the about its, you know, nominations at the Game Awards and people saying it's game of the year i don't think that anyone should be saying that it doesn't deserve it if they haven't played it which happens to be the majority of the people say making that argument but this game is just it's bizarre it's unique it's weird and it's it's fun if you like it it's an acquired taste like i usually hate games that micromanage like the sims um but the only reason why i think i liked it is because it fit into the lore and the lore is very good and deep and progresses throughout the entire game um otherwise i probably wouldn't have liked it the writing less so but the lore is really yeah it's really phenomenal there's a lot of it it's really dense yeah if you if you have any questions i guess you're gonna have to call up delilah since she read all the interviews apparently (laughs) i know what ludens is yeah, he's uh, the mascot of Kojima Productions. Yes. <laughs> um. All right. Final question. So, well, what's up? Oh, do you have one so more I was point? Just, yeah, I was just gonna say, as always, I give my score with five being average, and I give this game. Six point five. Okay. Thank you. Out of ten. Yes. No, out of five. Oh, okay, IGN. <laughs> I actually wasn't even thinking about that. That is what I gave it. No, they yeah. gave it. They gave it like a six point eight. I think. Oh. Uh, it was like the, and, it was like in the sixes for sure. But I don't think it was six point five. It doesn't matter. And by the way, it's an above average game. I would give it. I personally, I'd give it an eight because I might give it. I might give it a seven. I don't know. I'm somewhere between a six point five and a seven. I I I'd, I'd say eight if I had to give it a score because some of the writing really fell flat for me, which. But I like I was on the really high side of loving the gameplay loop and 
loving the traversal, loving the, the social system of, you know, oh, I have to go out, I'll bring this stuff, oh, I don't even need it, look at all these people that have already built these structures, let me throw them some likes, and let me help this person out by, like, upgrading this thing, let me go throw some materials on a road. I, that, that all really just clicked for me. And, I would give it an eight too, yeah. but this is a this game is a perfect example as to why you need to read reviews and not just look at the scores, because like it, it yes. really depends on you as a gamer. You have to find find reviewers that you trust and read their content. Don't just look at a number, or even if you don't trust them, like just see what they're saying and like make your own your own thought based on their perspective. Like, oh wait, actually, I might like that aspect of it, even though they hate it. I would also say this game is is the is the reason we need demos again. <laughs> like we 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 need I miss demos and demo discs and like just... if someone just got their hands on this game from a free demo disc for like an hour, like it might make it might inform a purchasing decision. Yes, yes. True. Um I changed my mind. I'm angry, Joe. I'm going to give it a 6. <laughs> okay. After after everything negative I said, I can't in good conscience give it a six point five or seven. That's be six. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm being nice. I'm giving it a Kojima bump because if I was really being an Kojima asshole, bump. I'd give it. If I was really being an asshole, I'd give it a four or five. All right, let's move on to the final question because we got to wrap up. <laughs> um, the final question I want to propose is, uh, you know, he, he Kojima did mention lately that he wants to work on a... I mean, we knew he wanted to work on a survival horror game. It kind of got botched, but we know he also recently said that he wants to work on one next. And But he's also said there's other two things that, that have been said recently. He said that Kojima Productions is eventually going to make movies. Mm-hmm. And, Which he will horribly fail at. And he also has an idea for or a few ideas for a death stranding sequel so my question is and also i it should be mentioned that death stranding is getting ported to pc it will not be a px a ps4 exclusive uh come mm-hmm. summertime it's coming to pc being published on pc by 505 games um and who knows what the future of kojima productions uh holds when it comes to playstation and sony but yeah, what's 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 the next thing from Kojima and Kojima Productions? Is it a movie? Is it a survival horror game? Or is it another Death Stranding? What do you guys think? I just don't want another Death Stranding. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we need one. No. This story got this, wrapped up let really this nicely. Stay where it is. I Maybe wonder... make a movie about Higgs. Ooh. Ooh. Um. Delilah, like I feel like every episode you say something that I'm just like, ooh, I like like that a lot. Tell me more. Yes, I I would actually Um, be really into a a movie about Higgs. The only way I'd be interested in seeing a Kojima Productions movie is if Kojima, if in the credits it just said story by Kojima, and then. It was written by an actual screenwriter and directed by an actual director. Well, I, th- I, I just mean, think that should happen. Director. That should happen like, no to, matter what he like, what they do in the future. In in terms of maybe games, I don't know, but like in terms of film, definitely. Like that's what the, the original Star Wars, well, with the exception of A New Hope, that's what like made Empire great. It was a collaboration of George Lucas coming up with a great story, Gary Kurtzman directing it. And mm-hmm. Laura's cast and writing a great script, 
adapting it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I hate use. I keep using Star Wars fucking references. I always use Star Wars references. <laughs> it's the month for Star Wars. Let's it be is. Real. It is basically oh, Star Wars I'm, month. I'm I'm looking forward to that train wreck. Um, oh, Jesus uh, Christ. But, anyway, uh, what is he gonna do next? I have no idea. What should he do next to survive a horror game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I honestly think he would be best at. Yeah, I, I think I think that would be really cool. And if I, I I would love to see him collaborate with Guillermo del Toro again, especially if he goes that 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 route. Um, yeah. I hope that it's a little more reined in and not open world. Uh, or if it is open world, I hope it's something akin to like The Evil Within Two, where it's like an open world ish. It's not that big. It's not that yeah. uh, obtrusive, and it, it's it's manageable. Like. That yes. I would be okay with. Uh, this I don't want to. I don't want to play a survival horror game that takes me fifty hours to beat. Oh yeah. my god! Imagine if he teamed up with Miyazaki. Mm. Oh my god! So. Oh my god! Yeah, I might. Oh. I might have to go change my pants. Right. I wonder if he's gonna work with Junto Ito, who does a lot of horror. Um, manga, which would be a really interesting Kojima-like. Concept yeah, for yeah. a horror he, uh, game. Didn't he write and draw Mia, uh, Uzumaki? Yeah, Uzumaki, yeah. Gyo, Tomoe. Uzu- Uzumaki actually looks really interesting to me. Um, that th- that art style is creepy and frenetic and fantastic. Uh, yeah, that could be really cool. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I agree. I would like him to do. I, I, I would hope that he would do the survival horror thing. I just hope that he doesn't do it like he did Death Stranding. No, do it like PT, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> okay. It's time to wrap up. Thank you for listening to this <gasps> episode of Reap the Spoils. I know it's clocking in at a little over two hours. Wow. Um, but we hope that the conversation was interesting enough to keep you interested, keep you hooked. Uh yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Nibelheimian. and you can follow Delilah on Twitter at Assassina underscore San. You can follow Jason at Twitter at Solid Quas, but don't follow him on Twitter. Or can you? Uh, Delilah, do you have anything to plug? Not really. Um, just be a homo Luden. Don't be a homo religious. And don't be a homo Logans. <laughs> okay. What? what? I'm done. <laughs> it's more. We also have a Facebook group. Uh, search it. Just search Dead Cell Media. You can I find the Facebook so group. I got so scared. I thought you were about to go somewhere completely different. Yeah. I'm, and then we would have been like internet pariah. We're, we're moving on from that. I just, yeah, I can't. What the fuck? Um, if you liked this episode, if you like the show, please share with your friends. Uh, share with your colleagues. Share with your family. Share with your dog, your cat your pet bear if you have one if you're in like Canada or something um comment by the way also check out Delilah's Twitch stream yes you get a sticker and that sticker is like a industrial <laughs> stick they don't make sticker wait Folks, Delilah they don't... are you still sending people stickers I could I could if they want it okay. I well, still have some guess what they they haven't made stickers like that since the old Ford days <laughs> Before we outsource stickers to China, so okay, go. Uh, That's yeah. Go, that sticker is pretty sticky. If that you, sticker transcends time like Corellium. If it's you, also very well designed. 
<laughs> if you follow Delilah on Twitter at Assassina-san, uh, Assassina underscore San, sorry, uh, you could probably find out when she's streaming on Twitch. Go, go pay her some attention on Twitch. Watch her play oh, video thank games. You. Uh, yeah, when I say plugs, I, I mean like plug your Twitch too. Come on, like I know it's just I've been slacking lately, so I don't I don't feel empowered. You got you know? like you got the most going on out of the three of us when it comes oh. to like plugging shit. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, share share the show, please. Let a let let a person know uh, how we are, and if you do like the show, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you can, I'm not sure if Spotify has some sort of rating system, but Leave us a, uh, a, a review, uh, five stars preferably, obviously. That would be fantastic. Uh, throw us a sub on YouTube or like on YouTube. Comment on YouTube. Wherever you listen to the show, give us some positive reinforcement. It makes us happier also, to do this month after month. Also leave us suggestions if there's anything you guys would like to see, any specific uh, type of games you would like us to go over, um, or any special kind of little side things you would like us to do. Let us know. We are listening. I might start ending the show with a fun fact because I just learned something. Uh, apparently, you can flash me- messages on Skype like Delilah yes. just did to give us an explanation of the ridiculous thing she said. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't read it. I was too busy being marveled at the fact that you could do that at all. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say is that uh, our December game, we weren't originally going to do a December episode, but we all really wanted to play this game. So we are going to do an episode by the end of December. And that game that we will be playing is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order uh, to coincide with the fact that there is a new Star Wars movie coming out. Also, Disney Plus came out recently. The Mandalorian is really excellent. Um, Mm -hmm. There's lots of Star Wars (laughs) going on right now. I went on the set with Jon Favreau. To watch them make a Mandalorian. So it's like Boba Fett. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Star Wars. Star Wars is at is at its peak right now. So we will be playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Also expect a bonus episode coming from us very soon about some game of the decade discussions. Yeah. All right, and that should be fun. Yeah. This this was uh this was the latest episode, the Death Stranding episode of Reap the Spoils. I'm Mark Sullivan. I'm Delilah Lugo. Jason Kwasnicki. Goodbye. How you you doing?